0: Welcome to the Power of Food podcast. We are so excited to bring you evidence-based nutrition information focusing on addressing the root cause for imbalance. Food has the power to help you achieve lifelong optimal health without the side effects of prescription medication. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify or any other podcast platform. I am Stacy Seslowski, functional nutrition, registered dietitian.
1: And I am Leah Grace Barrick, functional nutritionist. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Power of Food podcast. Stacy and I are here today with a very special guest, Dr. Wendy Troubeau. Dr. Wendy is a doctor, has her MBA, and is an IFM certified practitioner who's passionate about helping women optimize their health and lives as a functional medicine gynecologist. Through her struggles with mold and metal toxicity, celiac disease, and other health issues, Dr. Troubeau has developed a deep sense of compassion and expertise for what her patients are. Are facing. She is co-author of Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great, and Feel Freaking Amazing, and has been regularly featured in Mind Body Green and Huffington Post. She is an accomplished speaker and previously had her own television show. She was on the faculty at A4M and a speaker for their conferences, along with other national societies. She and her partner will be releasing their next book in 2024. Welcome to the podcast, Wendy. Thank you so much, Leah. It's great to be here. Hi Stacy hi welcome well, we're so excited to have you here and i'd love for us to just start by you telling us just a little bit about your background and how you got into this work <laughs> my mess became my message
2: uh <laughs> i didn't know that i was a hot mess i just thought this was how people felt so i came to functional medicine as a patient of my husband's mentor and it was serendipitous because our we had our second kid i was pregnant with our second kid and I was the primary breadwinner and literally I only got out of bed because I was the primary breadwinner. And otherwise I was like, oh, I was not well, except I didn't know it because it had occurred so slowly. So our insurance was changing and my husband said to me, why don't you go see my mentor and he'll just do an evaluation. And I had literally I knew he did functional medicine, but I didn't it didn't live for me like a thing. And so I went to see my husband's mentor and he did what I consider to be this crazy workup, which now to me, I'm like, I don't even blink, you know, that's just the workup. And he looked at me and, and he basically said to me, you have celiac disease. And I was like, oh, my dad has celiac. And he said, well, it's hereditary. And I thought, oh crap. So I had been sick for all these years. And the first thing that happens when you're an OBGYN is you, you learn not to complain right? Like you don't complain. And I really internalized that. So I didn't complain. And so I just kind of muscled through my days. And when I was 35, I got diagnosed with celiac that came with it a whole host of, I essentially had leaky gut. I had a ton of food sensitivities, all highly reactive. I had candida. I had hair loss. I had asthma. I was really messy and this that was my introduction into functional medicine i went gluten free i never looked back then i started to work on my gut and then i thought oh well this stuff is really impactful and there's a lot of people who can do surgery but there's not a lot of people who can do what i do so i'm going to go into functional medicine and so i did and so in 2009 i left my my traditional obgyn job and went into functional medicine and I, that was i never looked back So that was sort of hump one in in my story and then hump two, I'm like a camel's back, right? Here's the first hump. And here's the second hump. The second hump, fast forward, I've been doing functional medicine on myself now for 13 years. I'm doing really well. And we go on this amazing vacation to France and I come back from France and my hair starts falling out like droves. No woman wants that. And I gained almost 10 pounds no woman wants that. And I had a rash on my face that was driving me nuts. Like I would wake up scratching at my eyes. And I'm like, what's going on? Like it's not, I didn't gain weight in France. I gained weight after France. I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I finally learned that when Notre Dame burned, it released 500 tons of lead dust into the air. And we were in France the week after Notre Dame burned slogging through the dust unfortunately in that interim before i learned about the notre dame stuff i was like okay it must be my thyroid right because what when you gain weight and lose hair it's your thyroid nope thyroid was perfect must be my hormones no they were great i was 48 my hormones were amazing um, and then i was like well all disease starts in the gut so i'll check my gut i did a stool test it's so gross but i did it and my gut especially for a celiac with candida and leaky gut my gut looked pretty darn good and then I learned about the, the, the micro, the, sorry, the Notre Dame burning, which released all this lead. And I looked at my husband, and I was like, oh my God, I got a lead exposure. We all got a lead exposure cause we went as a family, but I'm the sick one. And I tested my, my lead, which comes with mercury and arsenic and the, all the heavy metals. And it was positive and it was more positive than it had been a couple of years before when I kind of just randomly did it and that got my attention. And then I tested for mycotoxins, which are the toxins that mold puts out in your body. And I had five strains. And then I was like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound, let's check the environmental toxins and the the pesticides, herbicides, and insecticides. And I had a whole bunch of those too. And I looked at my husband and I went, I am such a dirty girl. And then I went, and we're writing that book because we're the poster children for healthy living. And yet I have all these issues from living on this earth. You know, we all do. We live on this earth and we've polluted the earth and the earth is returning the favor to us by polluting us. So that's my story.
0: Hmm. It is, it's amazing to ask most healthcare professionals who are in functional medicine, like what what got you into this? Because I feel like we all have Personal or family stories that pushed us in this direction because it oh, isn't man. like sort of the natural route that we would normally take or we will hear about when we're in school and, and striving to become, you know, professionals. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. I, my question is um, Are we all equally sensitive to environmental toxins? And- no, ma'am. Susie, <laughs> let me have you finish your question. Yeah. You know, either are we or are we not? And in general, do we all, how should we all be going about, you know, because environmental toxins are just everywhere, ubiquitous. Like there's just right. no way to avoid them completely. So, you know, how do we know if we should be taking extra steps? And, you know, what steps should we be taking? Okay, this is such a great question. It's very nuanced, actually. So,
2: no, toxins don't influence or impact every single one of us at the same rate and with the same intensity. So for example, we went to France with my husband and my four kids and my both mothers. I was the only one who got sick. I was the one who was teetering and my rain barrel was full and that really just overflowed it. So genetics play a role. I like to say to people, your genetics only 10% of the game. The other 90% is what you put in it. But in this case, because I'm a terrible detoxer, the the exposure really set the stage for me to get toxins. So your genetics play a role. Your underlying health plays a role. Your innate resilience plays a role. How much toxin you got plays a role. So there were a lot of things that go into that. What I'll say is, you know that you need an evaluation if you're not in perfect, amazing health. And what I mean by that is you lose weight easily when you want to. It stays off. Your hair is healthy. Your skin is healthy. You don't experience brain fog or any type of respiratory issue or cardiovascular issue. Your gut functions. You poop regularly. It's a nice, lovely poop. Your, every area of your body is invisible, meaning it's not torturing you. So bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation, that's something wrong. Uh, You have normal menstrual flow. Your hormones are balanced. You have no challenges with fertility. Those are the symptoms people have. And then there's the diagnoses people have. So if you have any of those symptoms, that's a cue. Like, oh, I, I probably have some toxins going on. And then the other cue is if you carry a diagnosis of any autoimmune disease, cardiovascular disease, metabolic disease any type pcos type type 2 diabetes metabolic syndrome if you have a degenerative disease like multiple sclerosis or parkinson's if you have dementia if you have cancer these six diagnoses categories are really screaming at you like your body is the recipient of toxins and it's now manifesting symptoms so pretty much you know unless Even kids get impacted now, you know, think about, think about the incidence of cancer that's occurring at younger and younger ages, where we're hearing about women in their twenties and thirties, getting nasty cancers. That was unheard of when I grew up in the seventies. Nobody had that. It was totally an outlier. So really anyone who's suffering with something that you can diagnose is, is something to cue you that toxins are involved.
1: Yeah, it's so important to look at it on a bio-individual level, because I feel like sometimes that can make it confusing. Like, for example, you went with your family and you're the only one who got sick. So a lot of people would look at that as like, oh, of course, it wasn't the environmental toxins because everyone would get sick. But that's where functional medicine is so great, because it really does look at you as an individual with pre-existing things. And genes do play a small role in that. But there's so many other factors at play. Mm-hmm. Um I'd love for you to talk to our audience a little bit about what you see as some of the most common types and sources of these environmental toxins that we need to be thinking about today.
2: Yeah, I think it's really much easier when we start to think of toxins, put them in buckets. So one bucket, and it's a huge bucket, and it's right up the alley on this podcast, is the, the, the ways you get exposed to toxins, are you put them in your mouth, and you bring them into your body through your mouth. So you eat them or you drink them. So the food that you're eating, if it's not local and 100% organic, you're getting exposed to pesticides, herbicides, insecticides. And glyphosate is the most commonly used herbicide in the world. And its use is doubling er approximately every seven years. It's also patented as an antibiotic. And we all know that antibiotics kill the good gut bacteria. And here's what's even creepier. It kills the good bacteria and the bad bacteria are, are not impacted. It doesn't impact this. It's called the shikimate pathway. They don't have the shikimate pathway. The bad bacteria are psyched. They're growing like crazy. And the good bacteria have the shikimate pathway. It, it inhibits that and they die. Okay. Not in our favor. So then let's go back to what else do we put in our bodies? We drink water from single-use plastic water bottles or in plastic. We drink water that has contaminants in it. We drink alcohol and we drink sugar. So those those are all extremely inflammatory, not in our favor, challenge the system to, to really function properly. That's one category. Then the next category It's particularly poignant for women because by the time we've gotten ready in the morning, whether it's to go run your children around or to go to work, you've experienced or or been receiving anywhere from 100 to 250 chemicals, a lot of which are endocrine disrupting. And what I mean by endocrine disrupting is it messes up your hormones and you show up with Metabolic disease, infertility, frequent periods, fibroids, all that stuff that we're like, oh, I'm just getting older. No, you're getting more toxic. Mm-hmm. So the things that we put on our body, our hair products, our shampoo, our conditioner, our makeup, our toner, our lotions, our dry cleaning, thats that has formaldehyde in it. That's what they use to preserve you when you're dead. It's not meant to go in your body when you're alive. It's, it's, it's really for when you're dead. And... So this is a massive category, particularly for women. And then there's the other category, which is this, it's the waste basket of your junk drawer, where you go, okay, everything else is in there. That's your air quality. That's do you live near some type of toxic event like a highway, a farm, a golf course, a manufacturing facility, uh, or a chemical spill. You know, think about people who live near these Superfund sites, they're off-gassing Can't smell it or see it, but it's it's impacting them. This is our vegan leather furniture, which is really just a nice way of saying plastic. You know, vegan leather is really big, but it's plastic. So it's good for the cows, but it's bad for us. All the plastic that we have in our lives, the even my keyboard is plastic. My mouse, my keyboard, my my cover on my microphone, the lights that I'm receiving the EMFs from, the Air quality in your car, where there's 300 chemicals, the paint that you used, or the new flooring that you installed, or the furniture that you just bought, all of these have chemicals in them that are off gassing. So it's easy to think about the three categories and go, okay, how am I getting exposed? Let's try to peel it off.
0: That is a lot of (laughs) exposure. Yes, right? Yeah. So how do you uh, calm people from becoming or prevent them from becoming just obsessed with this and right. um, you know what sort of direction? Because it's never ending.
2: Yeah. Great question, Stacey. It is never ending. And if you live on this earth, I highly recommend that you get in the game. But the game is not perfection. The game is what do I have control over? What can I impact and what those are the exposures. And then how can I support my body best at removing the toxins that I'm being exposed to so that they don't build up in me? So when you look at, there's two, like like, removing that bucket of funnel of exposure and then maximizing removal. So improve your food, eat organic, don't drink from plastic water bottles. This is the flamethrower. Don't drink alcohol. It shuts down your detox it is a clear and present danger it is all hands on deck when you drink alcohol you shut down detox because alcohol needs to be detoxed it's its own special brand of toxin so don't drink that if you can or minimize it minimize your sugar your processed carbs your artificial colors your artificial flavors they're all inflammatory okay that's food and drink filter your water to the best level of your your budget so if you if you Whatever you can afford, do the best of what you can afford, whether that be countertop, point of use filter, or whole house, whatever you can do, do your best with it. Uh, clean up your beauty. As you're running out, that's when you should clean it up. Mm-hmm. You've used it for this long, it's not gonna move the needle to use it for another month or two or three. So clean it up as you're as you're running out. As you run out, go to environmental working group, level up by the cleanest thing. My, my favorite beauty product, brands are Beauty Counter and Mineral Fusion. So Those are my two favorite. They're Environmental Working Group approved and they're clean. So I use those two brands for almost everything that I put on my body. Uh, and then things like laundry detergent, dishwashing detergent, floor cleaner. Uh, my favorite brand is Aspen Clean. It's Environmental Working Group certified And they have auto ship and I have the brain space of a two year old. So I'm like, woohoo, auto ship. I can just have it show up and not have to think about it. So I love that. And then when you're looking at what's around you, I recommend you filter your air again to the best of your budget, right? If it's a room filter, if it's a whole house, either way, if you get a new car, filter the air in your car, get an air filter. Uh, There's IQ air, which has a car filter. That you can plug in and it runs and it filters out all these 300 chemicals that new cars have it filters it don't dry clean your clothes try to get furniture that is clean prop 65 compliant don't use paint with vocs uh, there's a site called clean green and you can use that if you are doing major construction it is more expensive okay up front it is more expensive but the That what you don't see is the cost down the road for those chronic diseases that you develop and then have to pay to reverse or treat. So I just dumped a whole bunch of information. Let me pause. Let Let me say one more thing on this because you can only do what you can do. So, so like I went to Peru last year and I said to my husband, so Peru doesn't have safe water. They don't have clean water. You cannot drink the water in Peru. You have to drink bottled water. Well, guess what? Bottled water comes in plastic water bottles. I said to my husband, I feel like I'm going to hell for going to Peru because I'm drinking, I need a detox from my vacation because all we did was drink from plastic water bottles or boiled water, which came from plastic water bottles. So you can only do what you can do and don't sweat the stuff you have no control over. Mm-hmm. Just do your best at then optimizing your detox so you can clean out the system. And there's tons of ways to do that.
1: Yeah, and that was exactly my follow-up question is, you know, I'm right there with you. Where it's like, do the best you can, especially yeah. for people who are like so new to all of this. It can feel incredibly like overwhelming, cost-prohibited. Yeah. Prohib- all of these things so it's really like look at what you can do take those actionable steps when you can and know that you don't have to do it all at once like you can change one thing every month for example and that kind of thing and you can help your body's own detox systems work better you can support your liver you can do all of these things so i'd love for you to touch on that from you know a nutritional perspective from a lifestyle perspective even supplements anything you want to touch on there that you're telling people to implement that's really going to help with these detox pathways
2: Yeah, I think this is such a great conversation because this is where you have the control and the agency over what happens to you. So when you're looking people think of detox, like, "Oh, I'm going to do a detox, I'm going to do three days of juice, or three days of fasting, and then I'm done. Well, not really, right. So that kind of scratches the surface. And maybe it's a reset, but you do have agency and control. So let's look at detox as what supports detox? Well, the food you eat and the things you drink or don't drink can either help or harm detox, thrive or dive. So, we want to eat foods that help you thrive and avoid foods that help you dive. That's the easiest way to think about it. Minimize or eliminate alcohol, sugar, processed carbs, artificial colors, artificial flavors. You have control over what you put in your mouth, right? So, put things in your mouth. That support your body's optimal function there's so many foods that support the liver and the gut so focus on the spices the uh, leafy green vegetables it's fine to cook your vegetables if you need them but don't cook them into death like have them retain some life in them and then there's, other, there's a ton of other things so stress reduction is free minimizing your stress quiets down the adrenals. When the adrenals are stressed, they say to the gut and the liver, ooh, I don't think you should be doing core core operations right now because we're about to be eaten by a lion. Your body does not know that it's just your stupid boss or a stupid driver. Like I live in Massachusetts, the drivers are terrible. They're like, that red light was optional, you know? So the body doesn't know that it was just something random and not life-threatening. We only have on or off. So if your adrenals get jacked, they then say to the liver, okay, no detox. And it says to the gut, no digestion. So you now sit with food in your gut that rots and you sit with chemicals in your body that have nowhere to go. So they get stored in your fat. So you build up fat and you can't lose weight. So, so managing stress is very impactful. Sleeping, we're all chronically underslept. And we're like proud of it like oh americans we're you know i don't need to sleep I'm, I'm five hours and i'm like no no you need to sleep most women need more sleep than they get and they typically need more sleep than men <clears throat> and so my recommendation is aim for being in bed for eight to nine hours so that you can get at least seven hours to eight hours of actual sleep when you sleep and get into your deep deep wave uh, sleep you detox, the cells in your body get smaller. That means that the distance between them gets bigger and that lane, that highway for detox is opened up. So you detox while you sleep and you repair while you sleep. So it's important to sleep. You need to move your body. You get the lymph moving, that detoxes you. It brings toxins out of your skin. Your skin is a tremendous organ, again, thrive or dive. It can help you detox or it can keep things in if you're not sweating. So, getting sweaty can make a huge difference. Straight up detox things like sauna, Epsom salt baths, hyperbaric oxygen, those are all extremely impactful. And dry brushing, all of these are helpful at moving the body's lymph and, and detoxing. So, doing all of those, those are a platform. This is on most of that is free, right? Move your body, get more sleep. These are all free things that you have agency over. There's more complicated things. Those are typically things I'd recommend doing in co- in collaboration with a, f- a seasoned functional medicine provider. But really, there's so much that you can do. You know, eliminate the people who are toxic in your life. I don't mean actually like off them. I mean just stop interacting with them to the best of your ability. <laughs>
0: <laughs> those are excellent suggestions. And just like you said, I, I mean, there's nobody that would not benefit from those recommendations. Yeah. And they're like. sort of like logical, common sense things that we always know, but we don't actually do. (laughs) So, you know, just being told is sometimes just as a reminder, it's really helpful for us to keep being reminded how important these things are. Yeah. Are you assessing someone's level of toxins? What sort of tests are you using? And then even not only at the beginning, but how do you track it as you are helping a person along?
2: Yeah. Have you heard the term data hog? I'm a (laughs) total data hog. I love data. I'm always saying to people, we need the data. So there's two ways I work with people. I work with people in our bricks and mortar. That's as their physician. uh, That's in Massachusetts. And I do a ton of testing through that. And it's pre and post, and uh, I'm testing for heavy metals, mycotoxins, environmental toxins, herbicides, pesticides, insecticides. I'm looking at whether your mercury fillings are impacting you. Hint: they are. You don't need to spend any money. They are. If you have silver fillings, are impacting you. And then in the in the online Dirty Girl community, we do uh, environmental toxins evaluation. We we aren't set up to do pre and post provoked metals testing it's just outside the scope of a community a community access but we we do definitely test pre and post and um provoke people and and absolutely because i we need the data so you have a targeted sense of a how bad is it and b what do you focus on and then is it impactful if it's not what where are you getting exposed sometimes that'll cue people like oh i have this exposure that i haven't gotten rid of right i need to get rid of that So it's very useful for helping people figure out exposure sources.
1: I think the data too is so important for this kind of thing because it feels very new and almost like people kind of need convincing that that's actually like contributing to their problem because again like so many people don't have this information which is just like mind-boggling for us where it's such a bubble right but like you talk to someone who doesn't know anything about functional medicine or any of this stuff and they're like there's no way that our government would be allowing these chemicals in their environments like you don't even know like it's really crazy so to be able to see that objective data from a test can be really impactful
2: leah you bring up such a great point can we talk about that for a second yeah for sure So the Environmental Protection Agency and I are the same age. We were both born in 1970. And it does not have the authority to just test everything. It only has the authority to test what it's referred, what's referred to it. And it can test like a couple hundred toxins a year, but in America, You're not required to show that your toxin or your chemical, let me just say it's a chemical. You're not required to show that your chemical isn't toxic before using it. You're only required to show that it doesn't appear to cause harm blatantly. And it's typically at a very small exposure. But we're not getting one small exposure. We're getting hundreds of exposures throughout the day and the system is not designed to protect you it's designed to ensure that you're not flat out killed from a toxic like a waste dump type of thing but it's not preventing you from getting meaningful amounts of toxins on a daily basis and what's not ever studied is the cumulative effect of toxin a b c d e all the way through you know, Z to double G, whatever, you're not getting tested on the impact of the cumulative effect of each of those small exposures. And sometimes it's not even that small, you know? So, so it's, uh, you can't rely on the government necessarily because that's not their mandate. They have a different mandate. Their mandate is not to kill you, but you're looking at thriving, not avoiding death. I mean, obviously you want to avoid death, but that's not the mandate that the government has. They, they they, don't have the mandate to keep you healthy. It's different.
0: Yeah. And you're right that like each one is tested separately in a small dose, usually in an animal. So it's, yeah. who knows if we could even extrapolate that to humans. Right, and We have no idea what it is when you're exposed to millions probably, daily and then for years and years of a life so and i would even argue i don't know if you would would you include pharmaceutical medications as
2: they do have phthalates and plastics and artificial colors and artificial flavors and and dyes so yes i would include pharmaceuticals it's really challenging
0: Mm -hmm. it is yeah do you think there is like a connection i mean there's so many chronic conditions you know Alzheimer, neurodegenerative diseases, and, you know, diabetes, insulin resistance, heart disease, all these things, we, and we, cancer, we haven't found, you know, causes for all, most of these things, yeah. you know, do you think there is a connection between environmental toxins and these conditions? hundred percent. Absolutely.
2: Because when you, when you take a step back and you go, okay, a diagnosis is essentially characterizing inflammation or dysfunction. All of the things you just mentioned are dysfunctional. Okay. Well, what causes inflammation and dysfunction? Toxins. And and I'm speaking very broadly, right? So you can have too much of a good thing and it'll act as a toxin. So too much, it's hard to harm yourself on broccoli. I won't call it broccoli, but too much wheat could absolutely act as a toxin. Dairy, sugar, soy, legumes, nightshades, any of the inflammatory categories of food, not seeds, they can ultimately be too much of a good thing and it's bad for you. And they can act as toxins. And so, yes, you um, when you look at chronic illnesses, I, I would go to the mats to argue that most of them can track back to toxins because they're so inflammatory. And then your body goes down whatever... Whatever pathway it goes down because of your genetics and your life and your the way you live and your epigenetics, that's what you're going to manifest. But it's because of what you're exposed to that you go down that path.
1: So important. Thank you so much, Wendy. Like this is all just so crucial for people to know. I'm so glad we had you on. I would love for you to share with our audience just three actionable takeaway steps that they can start implementing in their lives today.
2: I love this question. Okay. Eat amazing, organic, local, if possible, whole, minimally processed food every day. Okay. If it has a label, it's not necessarily in your favor. So eat food that doesn't come with a label and and try not to beat it too much to death. Like try to have it be informed that you can recognize. That's one. Two, get more rest. Turn off the lights at 10 o'clock and try to sleep until at least six or seven every day. And manage your stress because if you are a stress ball, you have completely shut down detox. And so all of the supplements and the detox support things and the hyperbaric oxygen and the sauna, those are great. But if you're a total stress ball, it's not going to work. So really manage your stress because otherwise it's it's not impactful.
0: Fantastic words of advice. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dr. Chubot. It's been amazing having you on. Would you like to share with people where you may be found and maybe a little bit about your services?
2: Yes, so if you're in the Massachusetts area, you can see me through the bricks and mortar. That's at fivejourneys.com. We have an insurance-based medical practice and we do membership. That's functional medicine. And then if you're part of the community, you want to join the community, you want to get involved, you want to dip your toe in, maybe little get get a little information but not be deluged, that's through the dirtygolddetox.com line. We have a gift for the listeners. So anyone who is looking for uh, a quiz to figure out how toxic you are, knowledge, action items, the first chapter of the book, that's all at dirtygolddetox.com forward slash gift. And that's that website is where you can be part of the community, get information, get education, get supplements that support detox, do a program to be with like-minded community. It's all about community for me. It's like, how do we, how do we all do this together? How do we row the boat together? So that's what Dirty Girl Detox is about, is rowing the boat together and not being so isolated.
0: Yeah, that's definitely helpful because uh, being out on your own trying to figure and navigate all of this is so hard. Just making small lifestyle changes we think seems could be so easy, but they're really not. So having support from a community certainly is helpful. Well, thank you again for coming. This has been great, so valuable. I'm really excited for our listeners to hear this information um, and have a nice day. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me on absolutely.
1: Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love if you left a rating and review and shared it with someone else who would find it helpful. You can find more information about Leah at grace and get in touch with her through email at Leah at grace or on Instagram at grace functional nutrition. To find more information about Stacy, you can find her at heal email her at Stacy at heal from food or on social media at heal from food. See you next time.